the Lord. In Jesus' name. How many have come expecting God to do some stuff today? Oh, hallelujah. God's going to work in this place today. Amen. I want you to turn to two people there beside you and just tell them this. I have kingdom authority. Find somebody else. Tell them, I have kingdom authority. Amen. So we're going to talk about kingdom authority again. Is that all right? Amen. I appreciate you just allowing us to flow in the Holy Ghost and to do what we feel the Spirit is leading us. And I just want to kind of, obviously this subject is so big and and uh, it's, there's no way we can, you know, understand it all and teach it all in one, in one service, one lesson. And uh, so, again, today we're just going to kind of peel another little bit of a layer off and, and look at it as it applies to kingdom authority. God bless you. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Thank you for being here today. <clears throat> let me just, I got to go quick today, okay? Um, let, let me just remind us that God's word has instructed us that we have been given power and authority through the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Amen. We didn't have any power before the Holy Ghost, but when we got the Holy Ghost, we got all power. Amen. Why? Because we got him who has all power in heaven and in earth. He is residing within us. Therefore, now we possess all power in heaven and in earth through Christ Jesus our Lord. Somebody said amen. Acts 1 and 8, but you shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Luke chapter 9, verse 1. Then he called his 12 disciples, which were uh, representative of the churches, of the New Testament church, of which we are a part, and gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Not over some of the power of the enemy, but all the power of the enemy. I gave you power over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. We have power through the Holy Ghost. I'm thankful for it. We're not walking around weaklings. We're not walking around just low and with our head down and our tail tucked between our legs. We have the power of the Holy Ghost. We are the overcomers. Oh, hallelujah. We are the victors. We are not the victims. We are the victors through Christ. And so we see from God's word that we've been given this power and authority. Uh, when we talk of power and authority, it's two different things. Power is the, uh, the, the, the might to do something. But authority is the right to do something. I just came up with that right now. That was, that was pretty good. Somebody write that down. The might to do something and the right to do something. And, uh, man, I should do this for a living. This is, this is a joke. The might to do something and the right to. So this is power and authority. And we have the authority to use the power that God has given to us. Somebody said amen. And that, uh, as we've been kind of discussing the, the last couple of lessons, that power and that authority isn't just confined to healing people and having revival even though that's what we're supposed to do. He said, preach the kingdom and heal the sick. And we talk multiple lessons on that. That's what we need to do, preach the kingdom and heal the sick. Amen. And if we all had a mindset every day that we live to preach the kingdom and heal the sick, this room wouldn't be big enough. 
This room wouldn't be big enough, and so we're going to continue, hopefully as the Lord leads, to continue to talk about that and reinforce that into our spirits and our minds to preach the kingdom and heal the sick. But we also understand that we have the power and the authority to enforce the word of the Lord in our lives as it is applicable to that which we're facing and that which we are going through. Preaching the kingdom and healing the sick is for others. We need to do that. We need to be outward focused, not inward focused. But we also understand that the book says in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3, I told you I'm going fast. Ephesians 1 and 3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Amen. So we're to preach the kingdom and heal the sick outwardly, but there's also to be a revelation and an understanding that we have been blessed with all spiritual blessings personally. We have been blessed with all heavenly or spiritual blessings right now on this earth. He's not talking about when we get to heaven and the pearly gates and the streets of gold. He's talking about right now. Every blessing that pertains to any part of our life has already been given to us. Amen. This is, this is big right here. This is, this is a, a revelation that we have to really get into our minds and into our hearts. That it is the will of God for every part of us to be blessed. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Now you say, well, does that mean we're never going to have a bad day? That's not what I'm talking about. Are we ever going to go through things? That's not what I'm talking about. But how many know you can be blessed and still go through things? And how many know that it's really in the going of through things that you understand how blessed you are? Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. If you never got sick, you wouldn't be, have a revelation of how blessed you are to know the healer. If you never had some, uh, some struggle in your life, you wouldn't understand how blessed you are to have Jehovah Jireh living down on the inside of you. It's when we go through stuff that we understand how blessed we really are. Somebody said amen. And so every blessing that pertains to any part of our life, everybody say every part of our life, not some parts of it, all parts of it, not the majority of it, all of it, every single part of our life, the, it is the will of God for us to be blessed. 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises. Not just precious promises, not just great promises, but exceeding great and precious promises. That by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature. What is that? That is the one who is within us. The divine nature of God himself that is within us who possesses every blessing. It is the will of God for us to be a partaker of that blessing of the one who is within us. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. He has given us now all things that we will ever need that pertain to life and pertain to godliness. It is the will of God for us to be partakers of his exceeding and great and precious promises. Those are for the believer. That is a promise from the Lord. That is what it is the will of God for us to possess those things. And we have the power and the authority 
to enforce that law of God's blessing upon every single area of our life. Hmm. Some of you are wondering, can we really do that? Is it what the book says? Just because it hasn't been what you have seen doesn't mean that's not what it's supposed to be. Just because it, it isn't what you have experienced, that doesn't mean it's not what the book says we are to experience. And so we have to understand that we are to put our faith in the Word of God. We talked about this a little bit Thursday. That we are to put our faith in the Word of God and not upon our past experiences. Hmm. Because past experiences will tell us, well, I just don't know if we can really be blessed in everything. And some things we just got to go through and some things we got to struggle with and some things this. And, I, and I'm just going to have to accept this as fact. And I'm just going to have to deal with this and learn how to just make the best of a bad situation. Well, that's not what the Bible says. Mm, hallelujah. So we can keep doing what we want to do, but the word of the Lord is telling us that there is a blessing for that particular area of our life that we have the ability to enforce through faith. Mm. But here's the thing. Now we're caught up a little bit, but here's the thing. We'll never fully walk in our power, God-given power, and we will never fully walk in our God-given authority if like so many we believe that Satan, who is our adversary, also has great power and authority. And there are so many believers, so many Christians, so many apostolics sitting on pews that think that the enemy has this great power and he has this great authority. Well, I'd, I'd really like to walk victoriously in that particular area of my life, but, but the devil just has such a stronghold. He has such a stronghold on, on that area of my life. And I just, I just can't break free from that stronghold. I'd, I'd really like to live free in that particular area of my life, but the devil's power is just, he's at work so strong that I just can't do it. I just can't do what I want to do and how the word of the Lord is telling me to live. I'd really like to walk in God's blessings as it applies to, to that particular area of my life, but the enemy fights me there so hard. And, and when, I, when, I, when I try to, to speak faith, the enemy just fights me and knocks me back. And the enemy has such a grip in my life. And the enemy has such a powerful influence on my marriage and on my home. And, and I just can't seem to get the victory because of how powerful the enemy is. There are too many Christians living out their lives with this false belief that Satan has all this power. And all this stuff that's happening to him, well, man, Satan's, man, he's really at work and he's knocking me around and, and he's fighting me here and fighting me there and I just can't get the victory and I just can't get the upper hand and I just never can to seem to walk in victory and blessing and, and anointing the way the Bible says I can because the enemy's fighting me so hard. Satan, we feel in our minds that we might not even vocalize it, but in our minds we think that Satan has all this ability to wreck and to ruin and to enforce his will in our lives without our consent. I don't want him to do it, but man, he's just, he's just working double time in my life. And that is absolutely not biblically true. Watch what the book says. Now, let's, we're going to go just... A little study here. Watch this. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. I want to show this to you. And God said, let us make man in our image 
after our likeness and let them have dominion. Somebody say dominion. Over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the, and over all the earth. God created man and he gave them dominion over the earth. See that? And over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So God created man in his image. Verse 27, in the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. Verse 28, and God blessed them, this male and female that he created. God blessed them and God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply. Replenish the earth. Subdue it. I'm giving you power to subdue it. And have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. And so here we see that God, I need your minds now. Here we see God created man. He spoke, and after he created them, he spoke, and then he gave them dominion, power, and authority over everything he created on the earth. Right? He said, I created all of this, and I created you. But I am going to give you dominion, power, and authority over everything that is on the earth. The book continues with this truth when it says in Psalms chapter 82 and verse 6, he said, I have said, you are gods, and all you are children of the Most High. Now, that's not saying we are gods like he is God. But it is saying that we are representatives of him on this earth, you are God's, little g. You are representatives of me on earth. We are clothed in his power. We are clothed in his authority in order to accomplish what he's called us to accomplish. On earth, he gave mankind this ability, this power, this dominion, this authority on earth. The book continues to prove what God did in Genesis when it says in Psalms 115 and 15. It says, you are blessed of the Lord which made heaven and earth. The heaven, even the heavens, are the Lord's. But the earth hath he given to the children of men. See this? The earth, Psalms 115, did I put the right one up there? Here we go. You are blessed of the Lord which made heaven and earth. Next verse. Even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth hath he given to the children of men. He created it, but then he said, now I am going to give the earth over to your dominion. I'm giving you dominion, power, and authority over the earth. Everybody with me? So he gave it to man. Creates Adam, creates Eve, gives them dominion and power and authority over the earth. But then something happened. Something happened. For there was an angelic being by the name of Lucifer who was an angel in heaven at the start who desired to rise up against the power and the authority of God. The book shows this in Isaiah chapter 14 and verse 12. Word of the Lord speaking of this Lucifer says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which did weaken the nations? Watch what he says. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the earth. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. So here we see that Lucifer envied God. 
Lucifer was jealous of the authority and the power that God had. He was envious of that power, and he wanted to possess that same power. He wanted the authority that God had. Even though he was a created being, angels are created beings, even though he was a created being, he wanted the same power as the one that created him. But he knows he cannot usurp the power and the authority of the one who created him or he would, even, he would be destroyed for even trying. He's not going to walk into the throne room and say, God, give me your power. He knows there's no chance of it. He knows he's going to be destroyed for even trying and yet he still wants power and authority. Stay with me, this is important. But now, after the creation of man, now there is another source of power and authority. Previous to this, the only source of power and authority was God. But now God has created man and given man power and authority over what? The earth. Satan knew that when God spoke the word to Adam and said, I give you dominion, I give you power, I give you authority, he knew that God's word was not conditional. He knew that God didn't tell Adam and Eve, I'm going to give you power and authority as long as you're living right, as long as you're doing right. And as long as you do with it what I want you to do with it. He didn't tell him that. He simply said, I give you power and authority. And the enemy knew, Pastor Elijah, that since God's word had spoken it, then the enemy knew that God's word could not take it back. Because the enemy knows better than many of us the infallibility of God's word. The enemy knew if God spoke that, there's no way he can take it back from them. If he gave it to them, then it is theirs to do what they want to do with it. They have a free will to do with this power, authority, and dominion whatever they want to do with it, and God's not going to take it back if they do something he doesn't approve of. Now, obviously, the Lord wanted them to do what was right with it. Right? That's why he gave it to them. He wanted them to do what was right with the power and the authority on earth. So the devil sees all this. Well, Lucifer sees all of this. And he knows how, all, how this is all working out here. And he, and he begins to devise a plan. And here was his plan carried out. Genesis chapter 3 and verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the... So he... Lucifer, in the form of a snake, slithers up to old Eve and begins to talk with her in the garden, in the garden of perfection. And he slithers up and he begins to speak. And he, and he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? That was a lie. They could eat it a bunch of them. 
There was just one they couldn't. So this is the first lie that he speaks to them. And the woman said unto the serpent, she answers back, which was the first mistake. You want to get in a conversation with the enemy? And the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And as we know, God never said anything about not touching it. So part of her problem is she didn't understand the word of the Lord. Verse 4. And the serpent said unto the woman, you shall surely not die. You shall not surely die. What was that? Lie number two. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened and then you shall be as God's. Lie number three, because the devil, when you, that, that where God's there is talking about on the same level as God himself. So he's telling them, saying if he, God knows that the reason he doesn't want you to eat that is because he knows when you eat that, you're going to have the same power and authority as he does, and he doesn't want you to be equal with him. So it was like God had a, a complex or something. He had an inferiority, that's what the devil was telling, that God has an inferiority complex and, and he wants to be alone as God and he knows if you eat that, you're going to be a God on the same level as him and he doesn't want there to be any other gods like him and so he's telling you not to eat it. So what is this, lies? Lies, 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 lies. Verse 6, and when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat. And gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. From, the mo from that moment, from that moment, power and authority on earth was transferred to Satan. The hear me, the dominion. In this, I'm not talking about in the heavens, on earth, in this earthly realm, the dominion in this earthly realm that God had intended for mankind to possess was now handed over to Satan by man. Why? Because man could do with what God gave them whatever they wanted to do with it. Because he was not going to take it back. Because for him to take it back would be to break his word. Everybody on the same page? But I want you to see, this is so important. I want you to see the manner in which Satan received the dominion and the power. For he did not use some overwhelming force. He did not come down with this great power and twist their arms and make them do something against their will. He didn't use some supernatural strength that crippled them and they were unable to resist his forces. And they just had, I don't want to give it to you, but I can't stop it. And so here, here's the power and here's the authority. that God, That's not what happened at all. He used lies. Trickery and deceit. I'm going to help somebody today if you stay with me. And they believed his lies. 
and willingly yielded to him. Yeah, that fruit looks pretty good. Nobody's making me do it. I'm, hey, check this out. They weren't forced to do that. It looked good to them. Why did it look good to them? Because they believed a lie. So here's what I want you to get. It was mankind that allowed Lucifer to become Satan. We allowed him to do that. It was mankind that enabled Lucifer to leave his position in heaven, come in a fallen state, and rule the earth as Satan. Did he just, did he just take over and take charge? No. Mankind allowed him to do that because they believed his lie. That's why the book says this, 2 Corinthians 4 and 4, in whom the God, Lord G, the God of this world, the God of this world, hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Satan is referred to here as the God of this world because he possessed dominion, power, and authority in the world. You with me? But it is very important that you see that the only power that Satan had was that which Adam and Eve gave to him by believing his lies. And that was the way it stayed until God, who could not break his word and take it back, by force. But he said, there's another way. So this God who was spirit robed himself in flesh, came down and died on a cross and rose again on the third day. Now watch this. This is important because when you read the life of Jesus, he makes a lot of very powerful statements about who he is and the power that he possesses. But he never makes this statement I'm about to read to you. He never makes this statement until after he is crucified, is buried, and rises again the third day. It's important that we understand this. He never makes this statement until he rises again from the dead. Matthew 28 and 18. Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and... In earth, I got it back. Revelation 1.18, I am he that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore, amen, and I have the keys. The keys represent power, and they represent authority. Whose keys were they? They were hell and death, Satan's keys. But he said, I died, I went down to hell, and I took back the power, and I... I took back the authority. I took back the keys that represent the power, the dominion, the authority on earth. So now I can stand here and declare I don't only just have power in heaven, but once again I have power in heaven and in earth. 
And the awesome thing about that is this. I'm so glad that he didn't get frustrated with Adam and Eve and say, I'm never going to give power and authority back to man again. I'm so glad, Sister Vera, he didn't say, I learned my lesson once. I'm never going to give power and authority back to man. I tried it. They messed it up. They failed. No, 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 no. But I'm so glad that he said, I'm going to give it back to man. I'm going to give it back to mankind. But this way it's going to be a little different. Because now, because I died, rose again the third day, I'm going to create a new kingdom. And in that kingdom, you can't can't just get into that kingdom any old way. But you got to be born into that kingdom. And when you are born into that kingdom through what I did by repentance, baptism, and in the infilling of the Holy Ghost, then I'm going to give you that power. And I'm going to give you that same authority on here on earth. And we've got that power. And we've got that authority. Somebody said amen. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. So this is so very important that we understand this. Because Jesus, what time is it? Plenty of time. Jesus, watch, stripped Satan of every bit of his power, his dominion, and his authority. What one man Adam did to mess things up, one man Christ did to reverse the mess. Adam messed it up and relinquished mankind's power and authority so that Satan could use it for his purposes. But the gospel reversed the curse. And now once again, Jesus Christ has taken back all power in heaven and in earth. Not some of it, not most of it. He has taken back all of it. So if he has taken back all power from Satan, how much power does Satan have? None. And yet, even with that truth, being plainly spoken and plainly read and plainly seen in Scripture, the enemy is still using his one and only weapon, which is what? He doesn't have the power to do anything. Nothing. The only thing he can do is Talk. That's it. That is all he has in his arsenal. And yet, it is so very effective, even though it shouldn't be. Because we believe his lies. We see him as this huge, powerful, authoritative being that can wreck and ruin without my consent. 
doing whatever he wants to do, keeping me from where I'm supposed to be in God. And we miss the revelation that Satan has lost every bit of his power the moment Christ rose from the dead. But this is the revelation that Christ desires for us to have. Isaiah 14 and 12. Watch this. This is so, this is so powerful. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which did weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, this is all the stuff you said you were going to do. I will send up to heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the mountain of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. This is all the stuff you said you were going to do. You're coming across all big and bad. You're coming across all powerful, like there's this mighty force. You're going to do all this stuff. Verse 15, yet thou shalt be brought down to hell, to the sides of the pit. Now watch this. This is revelation right here. This is people getting an understanding that how he portrayed himself and what he really was was two different things. How he portrayed himself, well, I'm going to ascend up here and I'm going to take over here and I'm going to be like God, I'm this, 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 this. But all of a sudden now, people in their mind, they're getting revelation of who he really is. Verse 16. And when they see you for who you really are, they that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee, saying, this is the man that made the earth to tremble? This is the man that caused kingdoms to shake? That made the world as a wilderness and destroyed the cities thereof? That opened not the house of his prisoners? <laughs> Satan is one that we have to, we, 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 we feel, they, they thought ahead of time, that he's one we have to look up to because he's so big and he's so powerful and he's so mighty. But then they get a revelation that God is trying to give all of us in this room of the fact that he has been stripped of everything so that we then now can look narrowly down upon him and see him as this small, powerless, insignificant nothing. And say, how did someone this little and this inconsequential ever make the earth to tremble? How did this little pipsqueak ever cause kingdoms to shake? How did this little nothing of a force ever destroy cities? That is how we should view him. He's nothing. We will narrowly look down upon you. Who are you to even speak in my life? Who, who do you think you are to even have feel like you have a right to voice your opinion in my mind? You are absolutely nothing. You can't back up one word that you're saying. The next time the enemy says, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and I'm going to do this, that, and the other. Understand, he has no power to back that up. None. 
The only way he can do it is if you believe the lie. So how, Pastor, how is Satan still at work in, in the world? How is Satan, because I mean, we're not saying Satan is not a reality. He's a reality. But So how is Satan still at work in the world? And even the greater question is, is how is Satan still at work in the church? If he doesn't have any power and authority, how is he at work in my life? And how is he at work in the church? The only power that the enemy has is what you and I give him. That's it. So if he is wrecking and ruining and doing stuff in our life, oh, the devil's beating it, the devil's this, that, and the other. You know why he's doing that? Because somewhere in your life you are believing a lie and you are giving him the power and the authority to do those things. You see this? Because in and of himself he is absolutely powerless. John chapter 8, verse 44, ye are of your father the devil, and the lusts of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. Every single lie that comes, every single, listen, ultimately every single lie comes from Satan himself. Because that is the only tool in his arsenal. He depends totally and completely, hear me, on physical human beings yielding to his lies and submitting to his trickery. Because the only thing that can empower him to do what he wants to do in our life is when we believe his lies. I'm not trying to just... Belabor the point, but somebody needs to get this revelation. Because we have got this concept that, man, the enemy's just at work, and, man, we're trying to resist him, but we just can't resist him. And, like, there's this battle, this war going on, and I'm just going to try to be stronger than he is, but some days he's strong. No. He is absolutely powerless. He's, like, this big with a big mouth. He's that big in all of its mouth. That's, that's the absolute truth. You say, well, well, where's this battle coming from? The battle's coming from the fact that we are believing the mouth. And when we believe the mouth, it gives him power. Whose power is it? My power. We relinquish our power and our authority to him to work back in my life. When we believe his lies. That's why the book says in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he, who he may. Whom he may. Will you allow me to wreck your life? Will you allow me to? I have to get permission. Whom he may devour. I've got to get permission. Well, how do you get permission? I'm going to tell them a lie, and if they believe the lie, it permits me to go through the door and wreck and ruin and steal and destroy. We give him permission. 
And then we walk around and say, oh, I don't like it. And I just, man, the devil's fighting. Uh, and we, we act like it's just, you know. No, 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 no. We are giving him permission to do those things. So whose fault is it? <laughs> Ouch. It's our fault. And we go around blaming God. Well, I just don't know why God's not stepping in and fighting my battles for me. He can't. If you're giving access through belief in a lie, because God, does God's word say, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The Bible says, believe a lie and be damned. If we know the truth, believe the truth, doors will be shut. If we believe a lie, damnation is going to come into our life. God cannot override his word. We cannot believe a lie and then expect God to come in and fix the mess if we're going to keep believing the lie. The only way he can fix it is when we denounce the lie and believe truth. He operates through truth. We enforce truth. We operate through truth. He works through truth. And when we are believing truth, he can work every single time. But when we are believing a lie, he can't do anything. Because we are saying we gave permission. The devil's not going to come in and override our will if our will said, I'm giving permission for Satan to do this. Now, a lot of times, nobody would, in your mind, you would not say, I feel like I'm giving permission. But the truth of the matter is that's exactly what we're doing when we're believing lies. <sighs> Romans chapter 6, verse 16. Know you not that to whom you yield yourselves, servants, to obey? His servants ye are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. If you yield yourself to unrighteousness through belief of a lie, you're going to become the servant of whatever unrighteousness wants to do. But if you yield yourself through belief of truth to righteousness, Righteousness is going to be able to work in your life. Satan cannot just come in and destroy you without you first cooperating with him. Somebody said amen. That's why the book tells us this. Ephesians 6 and 10. Is this all right? Ephesians 6 and 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. Why? That you may be able to, to stand against the what? The wiles. The wiles. We don't really use that word. Wiles. That word wiles means lies, deceit, and trickery. That's all he has. Yes, we're to put on the whole armor of God. Yes, we're to put on the breastplate and all this kind of stuff. Why? What is it that we're fighting against? Lies. That's it. Trickery. Deceit. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the what? The minds. It's right here. What are we going to believe? Has blinded their minds and his lies got them to the place where now they're not believing truth. It all has to do with our thoughts. It all has to do with what we are going to 
believe. But God has given us the power and the authority to enforce truth in every single part of our lives. We talked, if you weren't here Thursday, get the download. Every single part of our lives, there is a truth that pertains to it. So if we're weak in one area, struggle in one area, there is a truth of a blessing for that particular part of our life. So what do we have to do? We have to find out what the truth is and begin to believe the truth instead of the lies. Well, it's just never going to be fixed. It's just never going to change. It's always going to be this way. Blah, 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 blah. What is that? Who, who are you hearing that from? The father of lies. It's never going to change. Always going to be this way. Might as well just make the best of a bad situation. Just move on with your life and blah, 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 blah. What is this? That is a lie. And so what happens? We believe the lie. We believe it, we believe it, we believe it, we believe it. And then that door just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And the enemy comes in and wrecks and ruins and wrecks and ruins and wrecks and ruins and wrecks and ruins. And we cooperated with every single bit of it. Every single bit of it. And so that's why, that's why I said what I said on, I think it was Thursday when we, I gave us all homework. Was that Thursday? Gave us all homework that we were not going to speak one thing about our situation that the word of the Lord did not already declare. We weren't going to say, well, the pain this and that, and I just think it's over and, you know, just terrible and no, you know, no use and all. No, no, no. We're going to find what the word of the Lord says. We're going to find the blessing that God has promised to us, and then we are going to only speak that. That's it. That's it. Because the hope is, is that as we begin to speak that, we'll begin to believe that and begin to believe truth instead of a lie. And as we begin to speak truth and we squelch the lie, the door becomes closed. We no longer cooperate with the enemy, and now the devil can't do what he's been doing. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Proverbs 18, 21. Death and life are in the power of the are we merely repeating what the enemy has been whispering into our minds or are we speaking what thus saith the Lord let's stand 1126 thank you very much so here's the truth the word of the Lord is truth the word of the Lord is truth You have got to bring every thought captive to the word of the Lord. I have got to bring every thought captive to the word of the Lord. And so now it just, it comes down to what are we going to believe? Not what are we going to feel. Not how we feel. Not what we think. Not what our will is. Not what we want to see happen. What does the word say? Here's what the word says. So if the word says this, I am going to speak that and I am going to believe that and I refuse to believe a lie that is contrary to what God's word says. Somebody said amen. Does that help anybody? Let's lift our hands. Can we just respond to the word of the Lord now? Jesus, we love you. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your presence.
Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for truth. God, thank you for revelation right now. I thank you for a spirit of revelation that I feel flowing in this house. God, somebody's understanding for the first time maybe that the enemy is absolutely powerless in their life. The only power he has is that which we give him by cooperating through his lies. If we can stop believing his lies, the enemy will never be able to do one thing to us. Jesus, help us right now. Jesus, help us right now.